Annihilation. 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 In the recesses of the woman's mind, there is a warehouse. The warehouse is covered with wisteria. The wisteria wonders what it is doing in the mind of the woman. The woman wonders too. The river is raw tonight. The river is a calling, aching with want. The woman walks towards it, her arms unimpaired and coated with moonlight. The wisteria wants the river. It also wants the warehouse in the mind of the woman wants to remain in the ruins, though water is another kind of original ruin, determined in its structure and unpredictable. The woman unlaces the light across her body. She wades through the river while the twining wisteria bleeds from her mouth, her eyes, her wrist veins, her heart valve, her heart. The garden again overgrows the body, called by the water and carried by the woman to the wanting river. When she bleeds the wisteria, the warehouse in her mind is free and empty and the source of all emptiness. It is free to house the night sky. It is free like the woman to hold nothing but the boundless, empty, unimaginable dark. Bryn Saito, How to Prepare the Mind for Lightning Ventress has left the mess hall. Shepard, Thornton, Raddick follow. Lena remains and we cut too close on Lena, breathing hard, still shocked. The others saw a soldier cutting into another soldier. She saw her husband doing so. A husband she had thought dead until he returned to her, altered. A husband she cheated on, and he left her for what he most likely believed to be a suicide mission. A husband she once loved, but like in the shimmer, she changed. If you are lucky in love or marriage, you change together with your chosen companion. You grow together. But Lena and Cain were soldiers when they met, and she became a teacher. He remained a soldier. Their lives kept them apart at least some of the time. The movie never gives Lena the opportunity to make excuses or offer explanations, but we can imagine. In her husband's absence, she grew bored, perhaps. Or resenting that Cain did not return to civilian life when she did, she grew bitter. Or maybe she and Cain were never all that in love, but only thought they were because they met when they were on active duty and every day could have been their last, and fundamental human interactions and attractions carried more weight. The film focusing on Lena most of the time, is essentially the story of an adulterous woman who regretted going outside the bounds of her marriage, it is implied, only after Cain went missing. She shut down. He returned, but he was not himself. Lena going into the shimmer might be an attempt to find a cure for whatever happened to Cain, or it might be an exercise in connection. Ventress would call it self-destruction, but however good or bad, however destructive or reconstructive Lena may want it to be, Lena in going into the shimmer, is chasing after the husband she lost, and ultimately growing closer to him, ironically, in this second separation. Second four, Lena's breath catches as she realizes the others have left. She turns. Smash cut to second six, angled down hallway, the windows of the mess hall in the distance, an open doorway close on the left, framed between rows of narrow, horizontal windows. Approaching camera are Shepard, Thornton, and Raddick. Thornton, where'd she go? Shepard, just ahead. And now Lena comes into view behind them, part of the group again. Thornton walks the fastest and is nearly caught up to Shepard as Shepard reaches the open doorway and looks inside. Shepard enters, then Thornton. They are both out of frame by the time Raddick reaches the doorway and enters as well. Second 21. We hear a sound we don't understand just yet. 
Thornton or Shepard have jumped down into the empty swimming pool within the room to the left. Camera pans left as Raddick enters and takes a step down into the pool, and Lena enters the room behind her. Camera remains in the hall, watching through the narrow windows. Raddick jumps down into the pool. Second 27 smash cut. Angle on Ventress and pool. Ventress is in the deep end and we can hear water as she moves, but we do not see it. In the shallow end above her head, Shepard, Thornton, and Raddick approach cautiously. Lena moves to the edge of the pool by the ladder and jumps in and approaches more quickly. Cutting in front of Raddick and second 33, we cut to a reverse shot. The room is not much larger than the swimming pool. Angled from the corner of the pool, we can see Ventress standing near something strange, but we cannot quite make it out just yet. Lena takes the lead of the other four. Thornton and Shepard begin this shot out of frame to the right, but come into frame as the four of them move down into the pool. The bottom of the pool has four parts. The fairly level shallow end, a somewhat sloped section, then an angled drop-off followed by a fairly level deep end. Second 41 smash cut to previous angle as Lena crouches down, drops to sitting, and slides down the steep drop-off. Ventress turns to look at Lena as Lena gets her footing and immediately moves forward in the deep end. Second 44, angle from above. There is not a lot of water. The deep end closest to the drop-off seems to be deeper than where we can now tell there are legs sticking out of the mass against the wall. The water does not reach all the way to the legs. On the cut, Ventress has shifted position by several feet. She is now standing at the end of one of the darker lane lines in the bottom of the pool, when she was between two of them before. Lena walks through the water toward the legs. Shepard comes to the drop-off next and slides down. Then Raddick, but the camera pans left as she starts to slide. Our attention is drawn to the star-shaped mass, centered on a hole and the legs beneath it. In case we had not focused there yet, second 49, angle on legs from right. The water now reaches as far as its feet, so we have yet another minor continuity glitch. Lena comes into frame from right and approaches the far side of the legs. In the script, Lena arrives after the others are all already there. Interior abandoned base slash barracks slash shower room continuous. Lena enters to find Raddick, Shepard, Thornton, and Dr. Ventress. In front of them is Meyer's body, still cuffed to the chair. Desiccated, skeletal. His ribs have been broken open at the sternum and are splayed open like a book, like inverted wings. And his skull is sitting on the ground, laid in front of his feet. Silence. Except in the film, his skull has not been removed. It is not sitting on the ground. Minutes 85 and 86, we will get a good look at numerous skulls and skeletal portions arranged in a pattern near the lighthouse. I have said before, I have deliberately not read the script through to the end as of yet. I want to discover the differences as they occur. Meyer's skull on the ground in the script feels like a precursor to those bones as decoration later, but not put into play here for whatever reason. Instead, what they find is as if Meyer's body exploded outward from that hole Kane cut in his abdomen. His legs, still in camel, remain seated, though we can no longer see the chair. He still has his boots on. Coming out from the hole at his center is a solid mass that curves back around and onto the wall, then branches outward. His torso above the cut has been lifted upward. His left arm definitely has the Infinity Ouroboros tattoo now. While his lower jaw seems to still be in its proper place, the rest of his skull has been separated and is stuck to the wall amidst a wig of cancerous purple flowers. Around his whole body, the mass forms a sort of star, 
a thicker central section mostly pale white and pink, then a strip of darker blue-green that almost matches the tiles, then a yellow stripe before it all separates into small branches and five larger branches. Abraham Riesman, Vulture Magazine, 23rd February 2018, describes, quote, The man with the stomach growths meets an untimely end, but his body doesn't stop growing. Lena and the crew find that his corpse expanded out into a wall-sized explosion of color and branching lines. That started off as a rock, a crystalline rock that's been cut in half, production designer Mark Digby recalls. If you look at these beautiful minerals when they slice them, you have these concentric circles of different colored polished stones. They radiate out and they mimic the growth of trees and the rings of trees. Then we also imagined that it would have some organic growth, which is feathering out afterwards. That's where Digby encountered another mathematical concept, a Lichtenberg figure. Roughly speaking, Lichtenberg figures are branched lines created by electricity. Lightning is an example of a Lichtenberg figure, for instance. Digby and Garland opted for something like an organic Lichtenberg with the dead man's expanded body. It sort of looks like black mold, but growing in a sort of tree or river-like way, he says. It's very much like those pictures from space of rivers with all their tributaries coming out. We took that as an inspiration as well. It's not an explosion, but it's something that's happened that makes it grow further and further away. Things get separated, and things grow in odd and fearsome ways. End quote. Regarding Lichtenberg figures, Twisted Sifter explains 10th March 2012, quote, Being struck by lightning is a dangerous and scary experience and can even be fatal. Sometimes the electrical discharge can leave a tattoo-like marking or scar known as a Lichtenberg figure. The patterns created are known to be examples of fractals. Lichtenberg figures are branching electric discharges that sometimes appear on the surface or the interior of insulating materials. They are named after the German physicist George Christoph Lichtenberg, who originally discovered and studied them. When they were first discovered, it was thought that their characteristic shapes might help to reveal the nature of positive and negative electric fluids. In 1777, Lichtenberg built a large electrophorus to generate high-voltage static electricity through induction. After discharging a high-voltage point to the surface of an insulator, he recorded the resulting radio patterns in fixed dust. By then pressing blank sheets of paper onto those patterns, Lichtenberg was able to transfer and record these images, thereby discovering the basic principle of modern xerography. This discovery was also the forerunner of modern-day plasma physics. End quote. Second 53, Lena stops close to Meyer's legs. Shepard comes into frame from right. Second 58, Angle from behind Ventra Shepard Lena on Meyer exploded. And time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Annihilation is all we are. Annihilation. 